let's get ready to talk to Good evening, in... Joe. Oh, I was gonna What are we gonna go? Go on, carry on. In the bull corner we've got <laughs> Rob, the commando faster. This guy, four foot two, but could kill a man with maybe his pinky. In the red corner, Josh, the poser Phelps. Looks good in a pair of pants, but a face like smacked. Okay, time to go. <laughs> so I was going to say, so obviously with that intro, you've you've watched the boxing at the weekend. Yeah, I watched the boxing. Yeah, got some a... inspiration from. Uh... Still think that when he needs a replacement, <laughs> I'd be the man. Heard he gets quite a good paycheck for that. Yeah, and just getting pounded in the face by another man. No, not the boxers, the intro oh, guy. Oh, okay. I'm not getting punched by a man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I would, the fact you thought I even would try is... You did that though, you and Dean did a bit, bit of a boxing together and... Yeah, but you punched me in the face and I'll stop doing this. You punched yourself in the face, there's a video of that. <laughs> we'll, I think we'll link the video to, to this podcast so you can see Josh hitting himself in the face over and over again, asking questions and... Uh, well, I felt like that's what was happening every time they asked me these questions. So uh, I felt that it was only <laughs> fair to share and I was specifically hit myself on the side of the head to try and save the money maker. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so um, these two fellas, um, if you're not into boxing, we'll just, um, we won't go into detail, but you may have seen a bit in the news. But um, yeah, one probably looking like he, he could you know, lean up a little bit and step on stage and have a good physique, David Hay. Yeah. Uh, the other looking a little rounded and, and got battered for in the press for eating too many carbs and this, that, never. But actually, the outcome... Well, I'm apologies if you have spoiled this, but I mean, if you haven't caught it up already, then uh, then it's your fault. But um, yeah, the fellow who was little rounder, he actually won. <laughs> yeah, well, fair and, enough. The, the little rounder. Yeah. I wouldn't call him that. A, but... a little rounder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little fluffier, we'll say. So Fluffy rounded. is a nice way of putting it. But yeah, he. Uh, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? He was, his confidence, he, he went in there. I mean, I'm sure he was uh, worried, as, as you would be, but he, he didn't back down and, you know, things kind of worked out for him in the end. I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't love the situation of the fight. I'm not a huge sort of, uh, I wouldn't say I could give you all the facts and stuff about boxing, but I know what I like and I like it. It started off going a bit wild. People went into it pretty heavy and, uh, I think that's, that's one of those things. And, you know, he ended up getting a bit of an injury, dragging himself around, but carried on. Now, a couple of people have sort of said he, he shouldn't have carried on, which, I mean, let's be honest, if you're competitive or have got any sort of drive about some certain things, it's not really in your nature, I suppose, as a fire to to just stop fighting because you've you've, you've sort of dragged your foot. And, and plus, look, at the end of the day, he still felt confident that he could throw a decent enough punch. I mean, I wouldn't fancy receiving one. It's probably not his strongest now. He's not got any powers that come through the ground, but... He went for it, right? And uh, I think that's a bit... I think in terms of where we go with our little links, I think that's kind of relative. I think that if you're... Uh, Giving it all when, you've, yeah, when you when you don't think you can. Yeah, exactly. You still commit and, and give it 100%. Do something, right? I mean, it, I mean, often we get people sort of preempting injuries or saying, I've got something or a slight niggle here or there and I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, it, how, big, how big's your desire to change? Because really... We we know that we you do probably pick up niggles here there and everywhere especially if you're training regularly you know I mean yeah. when you in the court like doing bits like day in day out I'm sure you picked up all sorts of injuries right you just have to sort of crack on really to be honest and, uh, and, that, and there's not a lot of sympathy really with yeah within the military as such um, with any sign of weakness or injuries or anything and I think some people can be quick to jump on the uh, oh we've got an injury I've got our best stop and do nothing. When actually, why not just look at what you can do instead? 
and look at why that injury's occurred or that the feeling of injury or the pain or whatever it is associated with that and then try and mend what you're doing to, to maybe not feel as much pain or discomfort through that but then still do something that's quite demanding and stressful for the body to get fitter. I think that's it as well. Like, you know, we're not saying that everyone's got to go out there and be, you know, like a commando and, and do you know what I mean? And if you're battered, you've got to just keep going through and hurt yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that if there's something going on and you've got the right support network around you, so say you've got a slight twinge in a, a knee or something or whatever it be, you know, don't just then stop doing things, right? If your desire to get something, like, you know, Hayes' desire to try and still win that fight, he kept going, right? And fair, you know, fair play to him for that. Um, and if you've got a slight niggle and your desire is to, to change your body shape, there's still a lot of things you could be doing, especially with the right advice. Like, you know, you can still get some, you know, insane workouts going on, you know? And you see it, I mean... Uh, I mean, we, we were fortunate enough to have the guy uh, who came in here who was uh, from, from Canada, and he was Olympian, gold, medalist. Now, he, he didn't have the use of his legs, right? And I, the way he trained in it, I was like, it was insane. He was, it was you know, he absolutely beasted it. And I was like, yeah. this is incredible. I mean, he had to educate himself into what he could do, uh, obviously, and things he could, couldn't obviously do. But when he went for it, he grafted. And then, you know, there'll be other times there'll be people who come along and... Um, I've got a little bit of this and I'm like well how bad do you really want this right how much do you really want to get changed because I know that if you make something you want something bad enough you'll work for it and you'll do something and you'll either educate yourself or get somebody else to help you uh, and push on and, and go through that and I think that's it's a big thing yeah is is work out what you want to do and get advice don't just stop doing stuff because you've got a little a little niggle because there's other things you can do don't do things that are going to hurt you yeah, I think I think maybe the biggest problem is fearing making it worse, um, doing yeah. something that, that causes a bit of discomfort, but then actually going, well, I'm carrying on, it's getting worse, this is hurting, now it's a proper problem, rather than a little niggle, it's turned into a you know, real bad issue. Um, but I mean, generally, unless you you are, you have some sort of physical misalignment or some something in your joints that is going to you know, cause degradation of those or I don't know I'm trying to think of some of the things that people we've seen have had um, whether it be you know arthritis or um, some sort of misalignment that causes imbalances that, that then causes certain other issues we know that probably continuing on without other professional help through physios and whatnot uh, would be a, probably a bad idea but actually we're talking about maybe the general population who just get a bit of bit of a twinge here or there, it might be a bit tightness, might have slept funny, the shoulders hurting and then you do a couple of sessions and think actually that's oh, making it worse, I can't do any pressing overhead and it may just be that, you know, we, we both know as well that we you, now and again you just wake up and something hurts for a bit and you're like well why has that happened, so you, your back you start to stiffen up a bit when you were deadlifting and how you amended the, your training to suit was uh, obviously done you done you right. So yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. So you know, I mean, my biggest fear is I, I've I've had a history of uh, and like you know, family have got histories of bad backs and stuff. So it'd been very easy for me to say oh, I don't want to do this, that, and the other. So I think my view was, and luckily, obviously, through education, I, I know that I could try a, a different variable. And I think that's it. If you've got the support or someone around you, ask the question uh, and get that advice. Don't you know be daft and 
just keep battering through it if you're causing yourself to a point you can't walk but just slightly changing up my lift and, and actually going to squats rather than deadlifts for for the time when I did have a stiffer back I was still getting great benefits working my legs still still getting some adaptation and challenging yeah I wasn't going the heaviest because I, I didn't I didn't need to uh, and I wanted to keep working without pain and then you know a few weeks later I was back able to, to go back onto some deadlifts uh, and go through it again so yeah I think that that sort of that knowledge or support can, can be a, a huge thing but we know as well that by not doing anything a lot of the time people's problems get worse because they yeah. stiffen up or they start to maybe uh use something else you know compensate that's it um and and find themselves you know in agony you know and it's like it's very hard to uh to improve to improve these things by if by just sitting still and getting stiffer right so i think that's a big a big take-home point is don't think that it's game over if you've got a slight injury um look at how what you can do uh, and keep moving in in some sort of direction and and start to gently build back up that strength around those areas and stuff um big question i got this week or something that come up a lot this week i'm not going to tell you what my response was i want you to give me your opinion all right rob so client come up to me and said absolutely loved a session this week uh, run by such and such because I've come out of here and I was sweating. And I know I've worked hard if I've been sweating. And I don't, you know, I don't feel like I'll get anything out of uh, whatever, any session if I don't sweat constantly. Now, I've got, <laughs> I've got my opinions on this, uh, which are, are backed by, you know, facts, science and all that lot of stuff. And, and it makes me laugh because I, I said my reaction was, um, I don't like to sweat in the gym. As a bit of a joke, right? Um, he's saying to me, I'm not working hard enough. And that was a little joke comeback, right? But I think it would really help if you could explain in your in your terms why you believe that you can, or if you don't believe, do you believe you have to sweat masses to get any change? Yeah, I think unless you're filling up your water bottle with sweat as you're drinking it, you're actually you're, you're filling up, you go out with the same amount of liquid that you've sweated out, that you've drunk in that session, Obviously, don't sweat into it and then drink your sweat. That's, that's right. Pretty horrible. But then you haven't worked hard enough. No, that's <laughs> pretty simple, isn't it? Liquid in, liquid back out, collect yeah. it up, take it with you. No, um, obviously, that's do not do that. That'd be horrible. Um, but what we find is that there is some people who just love to go 100 miles an hour. The faster they can do movements, the faster they can do reps, the harder they feel like they're working and the more they're sweating and out of breath. The better the workout, the faster their results. You know they're going to get leaner, um, leaner shape to their body. They're going to be fitter. They'll be able to do this, that, and the other. But we know that actually that is probably not true for a lot of people, and they have to just slow down, take their time, do the movements correctly. And chances are, when they work with better movement patterns at a slower pace under good load, so putting the lighter weights down, going 100 miles an hour, picking up the heavy ones and going 20 miles an hour. You're going to get a hell of a lot better workout and more uh, more solid results in the long term by correcting those movement patterns. So we know that, say, we'll take, um, what's a common one? Mountain climbers, which is hands down on the floor in a press-up position, driving the knees in, alternating your legs, knees towards the elbows, kicking the legs out. Um, that is one that's incorrectly done many times as people try and go 100 miles an hour. And what happens is bum comes in the air, 
they sit the weight back and then literally just lift the feet off the floor and the knees don't come up full to full range. Just heel flicking. It's yeah, it's Kicking a terrible dirt. movement to do incorrectly. Whereas if you do that correctly and you can do it fast, it doesn't have to be really really slow like certain other movements that we want to want you to take your time with, but it can still be done moderately paced but actually get a hell of a lot more workout you're going to load up the shoulders and the upper body more by having that weight forwards going to drive the knees in use the lower abs and it's just a hell of a lot better to to do at a slower pace but we feel like uh, if we feel like we have to go 100 miles an hour something's going to be sacrificed and that is form and technique first and then that's where potentially injuries niggles can be picked up by relying on certain areas like for instance loading up the lower back um, in those mountain climbers incorrectly can uh, can then cause pain and discomfort and then they think well I can't exercise right I'll just stop doing anything and it sort of goes full circle with 100 miles an hour oh I picked up an injury or whatever and then and stopped off but if we look at then the aisle people who listen to this who come to our sessions will know that any of my sessions I'll probably try and take it a step down and make sure that form and technique is really correct and you, uh, for instance the last one I did I made them really go, go slowly on the downward phase for the squat, for instance, take their time, a couple of seconds down, but use a heavy weight and drive back up explosively, but only do a light, uh, low number of reps, so a heavy weight, low number of reps, as opposed to just getting as many squats as you can out within a, a certain time frame. Now, I'm sure that those who were in that session probably hated me for two days after, so I'm apologising now for that. Well, actually, I'm not for that. Well, to be honest, I'm just <laughs> going to throw out there, uh, my partner Sue was on that session, and she hates me for your session, so I don't really know how that works. But I you, you stood and watched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I watched so you inflict the pain. pain. That's but, it. Um, but then it's yeah, and the reason being is because um, she may not have used her upper body and arms to that degree of of, of of work and tension in certain sessions. And now I made sure that everyone got proper depth in their press ups, really slow on the way down, and that's, that's a form of overload. So they felt the pain. Of muscle soreness after because of that overloaded that's a brilliant point right overload okay that's usually let's be honest the main source of adaptation for somebody yeah. especially in demand of change in, uh, uh, of muscle but we often <clears throat> see that overload is just weight and it's not so like right. tempo is yeah. a great variation as you say uh angles changing the the angle of a movement potentially could you know if mm. as long as it's done correctly and with form can really change that load that overload speed um, can be in in a, a form as in more explosive speed but done correctly so if it was sprints instead of shuttle jogs then that's a form of overload in a way because you're driving off faster you're doing you're covering more distance quicker but doing half-hearted i say that actually you're probably not half-hearted because you are going at 100 but if you were doing half reps we'll say mountain climbers twice as fast or doing a slower pace but full reps then what who, what's to say that the, the uh the slower reps are any less beneficial than the fast reps actually it's possibly probably the opposite and that your slower form reps are loading the body more because you're going to be time under tension longer you're going to do a full range of movement instead of these little half rep, short, sharp, quick heel flicks, as you call them. So the feet just moving as quick as you can, but actually no other body parts really making a lot of effort in that movement. Then we know that that's not overload, but yeah, I mean, it's probably a harder one to, harder movement to um, picture overload in. We're thinking more so your, your body weight movements that you can load up with weight or 
you can make harder by going potentially slower with good form rather than uh, yes I mean you can overload the mountain climbs of course you can just go as slow as you can draw in the knee keep the weight longer over yeah it is possible to do but with um with with regards to this this sort of question that I got I mean one of my reactions so you've gone into a a good depth there is to to that as well is that my my thing was I asked the question I put the question back on and I, I think this is something to ask yourself if you're listening when you do a session and you start off and you're going 100 miles per hour, and no matter what you're doing, right? If you were a runner and I was to tell you to sprint, okay, you'd sprint and you'd maybe last that sprint out or that fast pace for, depending on what you're doing, maybe 100 meters, 200 meters, say even a, even a pretty good pace for the first mile. But if you were to try and push that hard, you'd see over time your, your, your mile pace would slow down if you were going pretty much optimally, maximally. In your sprinting time, you know, you start to fade out by the 400 meters after the 100. You can't maintain that level of, of sort of huge effort. So when we're doing classes and sessions and people are doing, I don't know, say burpees, because everyone does a burpee in every session everywhere because it's the worst move that you're sort of known to man, apparently. But... You do a burpee, and if I was like, right, burpees for 30 seconds, and you're doing them as fast as you can, and then you've only got 10 seconds rest, and you go again for 30 seconds, you know that there's a good chance that the quality of your movement uh, may suffer. And yeah, that's fine for certain things, for a certain point of your time, but if all of your training is like that, then do you think that you're going to get a, a huge amount of benefit? And they sort of stood there for a little while, and was a little bit like, actually, yeah, I'm probably not getting out a great burpee when I'm trying to do them stupidly fast, and... I'm actually probably not getting out as many, but if I rested a little bit longer in certain things and then went again at it, I'm going to get full range of movement, full challenge on the muscle, uh, full load, uh, and probably more explosiveness, say in the burpee, uh, in projection through the movement, rather than just sort of collapsing, laying down on the floor, doing a worm and then standing up uh, and calling it a burpee. So I think that that's the thing to ask yourself. When you're doing your sessions, are you giving yourself ample amount of rest sometimes to, to then go in and do it properly? Are you the other person in the gym who gives yourself 10 days in between sets because you're looking at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, how many people, how many likes you've got after doing your selfie before you've gone in there saying hashtag gym time? You know, look at your rests and work out, do you need to be having as much as you are having or do you need a little bit more so you can work optimally in these things? If you're given a chance to have sort of a, a fair amount of rest within your session, yeah, take it. But then when you go to work, don't pick up the same eight kilo kettlebell you did with the first time you come in here. Because, yeah, you got soreness that time. So, yeah, that little eight kilos inflicted pain on you. But there's probably a chance that you've moved on from there. Don't pick up the same weight. Pick up something that's going to challenge you. So if you've done it with eight kilos, pick up the 12. And don't not do it because Sandra, next year, is, uh, is not doing it because... Do you know what? They may be a different part of their fitness uh, journey and level. So, yeah, get it. Pick up a 16. Pick up a 20 even. You know, in certain movements, if you're doing five, six reps, you're probably quite comfortable in doing it. The majority of the people are. But it's sometimes that fear, isn't it? It's kind of like going back to the fear of stepping into the weights area uh, if you're not comfortable with it. It's sometimes like, oh, people judging me. We know here at the unit look, that is probably the last thing that's going to happen, being judged. It's impressive. It, it, it inspires people. The amount of times I have people come up to me and are like, oh, did you see Jenny lifting that weight? I'm like, yeah, I know. She's so strong. And they're like, that's incredible. I want to be like that. I want to be able to do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And, and for some people, it may be realistic. If it's not, I'll soon tell them and say why, because there may be a difference. Uh, but that's it. 
you know, like get in there and challenge yourself when you can, all right? Uh, uh, pick up that heavier weight. I think that's my big thing for people is don't come into to doing something 100 miles per hour with half a weight that you should be doing something maybe a little bit more challenging, a little bit slower, controlled, and looking at the quality of your movement. I think it's um, the fear of it being uncomfortable again as well, as in maybe a bit soreness or difficult, yeah. more than they're out of their comfort zone. So I think everyone can relate to just picking up a weight that they're comfortable with. Yeah, they know it's going to stress their cardiovascular system a bit. You'll get a little bit of muscle burn and fatigue, but is it actually advancing them on? They've been using that weight for a few months. Probably not. They could just jump up, but they know that actually it's going to be tough and they're probably not in a in a place that they want to feel like that again because they think, oh, I've got to a place now that I'm quite comfortable with what I'm doing. But you have to keep progressing. You have to keep making it a challenge for yourself. Otherwise, yeah, what's the point? Really, you want to... Well, I don't know. I'm sure everyone's got different goals, but I'd like to think everyone wants to keep progressing and, and being fitter, stronger leaner whatever their goals are yeah definitely and not just happy of just sitting there and be like i'm happy swinging this eight kilo kettlebell for the rest of my life you got you like to think that and your body does adapt to, to be able to use heavier weights you want to be the best swinger you can be in that right rob just be the best swinger you can be mate Apparently i think so yeah i've, I've, I've always right. tried to be a great swinger and okay. i think that's yeah i like to swing swing hard so i think with the challenges like we put on this uh up this week we, we I mean set yourself a little target I think take that away from today I think listening to things like this it's all great but do you ever implement anything when you walk away do you ever take any of this on board do you ever go into doing something I think listening reading educating is all well and good but it's kind of useless unless you implement something yeah. so we've put up on our uh, Facebook uh, to, to some of our tough VIP members and we'd love anyone that's listening to maybe join in look at a movement uh, maybe test yourself a lot of the guys we did some testing with this weekend uh, got some good metrics and results on, on whether it be press ups squats reach whatever it may be uh, a look at what you've done and then try and improve on that so over the next few weeks yeah four weeks or four so weeks, we'll put a little challenge to our members to, to try and improve a movement not all the movements right okay maybe a couple they can, they can hit all but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It can be something that's going to be specific to you potentially. So, um, you know, for instance, I might be like, right, do you know what? I need to strengthen my lat again after damage. I might work on pull-ups. So I might do one pull-up today, two tomorrow, try and aim for three the next day, you know, and, and improve that over the time. And then retest myself and see where I'm at again. And hopefully I'll have strengthened a weakened area or an area of weakness. Um, and then that's something that I've achieved and taken away from it. I think... <clears throat> So if you can set yourself a little goal, a little target, measure it out, uh, and, and go from there, what yeah, do you reckon? It's a bit of consistency. That's what happens when you when you set yourself a little challenge. So just for anyone who's who's not one of our members um, who won't know about the details, what we've we've asked them so whoever wants to do it, they'll uh, they'll post in that into our members group the amount of steps or mileage they do per day. So if they're a runner, they might want to track mileage. For anyone who's got a fitness tracking device, they might want to up their step count per day. That's a great way of becoming more active and, and forcing yourself to do more work throughout the day. You know, we're all lazy enough and guilty enough to, to drive closest to the shops or whatever or take the elevator on the stairs. So getting that step count higher is, is a bit of a challenge. Plus, we saw in the fitness testing that we tested squats, body weight squats and press-ups. And it's quite an easy, though they're quite easy movements to do at home. So it might be like you said, you might do one push-up push two the next day, three the next day, four, whatever your target is. Or you might look to do 
for this first week, three sets of 10 each day. Then next week, add a set. Next week, add a set. And then by the end of the month, you're flying through multiple reps of push-ups and you bite just out of repetition and consistency, you've got a hell of a lot better at being being able to push up your, your own body weight 50 times in a day because you've done that amount of reps. That's that's all it takes is consistency practice. Obviously, good form and technique is, is key. And um, we'll look to do a bit of content around those to help people just get their squats and, and push up right. But I mean, everyone can maybe, uh, unless you've got a fitness track, you can't track steps. But for the runners out there as well, they may want to just up their mileage by a mile per week. Then, right, I'm doing 10 miles a week next next week. I'm going to try and do 11. I'm going to try and do 12 next week and so on. And actually, it's not just a case of doing four weeks and stopping. It, you'll probably gain good habits from those and actually continue on for a couple of months or whatever. You know, you can just see the benefits. It doesn't have to stop at just squats, push-ups and, and steps. It's just a, a basic start, really, that could be adapted to anything. Um, like you said, pull-ups, you could do yeah, five a day and then... Next week, ten a day, next, and just consistency of doing those every day will get yourself that uh, stronger lat or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, so have a look at it, guys. Look at yourself. Look at your goals. Look at your targets. Once again, please take something away from this. Um, if you are or do have any connections in the boxing world, and you think you can get me as the next, uh, I'm going to call him a ring caller. Is that? It's not. It's definitely not that name, is it? Yeah, uh, it could. It could be. Well, then, uh, if you if you've got connection, announcer, yeah, ring a ring announcer or something. Ring a ring arounder. No, anyway, so yeah, ring, well, if ring you girl. ring girl, I want to be a ring girl. The rounds, with the but doors. ring girl that then transfers into a mic guy. Anyway, if you've got any hookups, any connections, let us know. Uh, help me out. I'll do the best I can do to help you out. Uh, please keep listening in. Please try and share this as well. Try and get some other people. We've had a few people uh, actually listen to it, which is incredible. Didn't think that would actually happen. Um, but love, love some of the feedback. Um, and so we hope you're enjoying it. Let us know if there's any particular topics. Send us a message. Drop us a line on the Facebook. And uh, we'll come back with some answers. Peace. Bye-bye. Do you know what I think we should do? Content.